Welcome to Massive Late Fee, and now your hosts, Mark and Carol. We're back! Hello everybody, welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark, with me as always is my fiance Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much, it's been a good week here. It is January 9th, 1999. It is that. Already. What 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 are we gonna do on September 9th? Nine nine ninety-nine. I I don't know. Ninety-nine love balloons? No, I don't know. Oh <laughs> love balloons. Oh, is it um, really ninety-nine? Irum <laughs> weg Sing in a kind lead for dich. So that's a preview of what we'll do for you on September 9th. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sing 99 Luftballons in German. One of his many talents. Ah, big hits. Uh, we have a strong German contingent, I hear. A oh, bunch yeah? of people in Germany that love these tapes or whatever. So. <laughs> Interesting. <coughs> big hits. Top Germany. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of Germany, uh, John Travolta is from Italy, which is a country near Germany. I think he's actually from um, the United States, but his his ancestry is from Italy. Are you even sure about that? I don't know. Well, Travolta is an Italian name. He needs to. He looks Italian. I he mean, he might Italian. be a little Italian. I don't know. Hey, the hair. Watch the hair now. <laughs> Up your nose with a rubber hose. You, you know how he talks. Um, he's in that new movie, A Civil Action. Okay. Uh I, I haven't heard great things. I've heard great things about him in the movie, mm. but I haven't heard great things about the movie in uh, general, although the movie, I guess, is doing well. Uh, it says, though, that I found this interesting. So I don't have a lot of stories uh, because we were just so excited to to talk to you all after our break. <laughs> but um, both stories that I have have to do with new upcoming films. So, you know, upcoming, maybe this year, maybe next year. I'm not sure. But uh, it says next on his agenda, L. Ron Hubbard. I don't know if you guys are familiar with L. Ron Hubbard, science fiction author of the 1960s, I believe, Friends with Robert Heinlein. Okay. Uh, created a religion called Scientology. That's why his name sounds familiar. Supposedly on a bet, I guess. Wrote a book called Dianetics that they used to advertise on the late night uh, TV shows. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, Travolta is a uh, part of the Scientology religion. That's nuts. So, like, if it's known that this religion is based on a fucking sci-fi author's uh, book, then why why do people follow it? I don't understand. Well, this. he says it's nonfiction. I guess I don't know. Like the the Dianetics is supposed to be all about like getting moving past your past traumas and stuff like that, or something like that. I don't know. Even when I was younger and I would watch these infomercials of like, uh, uh, you know, someone's had a, a tragedy in their past and it haunts the rest of their lives. What they need to do is forget about it and move on. And it's like what you need to do is bury it. <laughs> like even as Deep a, down. even as a kid, I was like, yeah, that's not the healthy way to respond to that. <laughs> but um, no, I think it's weird because uh, don't sue us, Scientology, but um, they're very litigious. But supposedly, the some of the tenets of their religion have to do with, um, they think that this guy 
this alien warlord named Xenu uh, put down a rebellion on his planet and then flew all the rebels to the United States and put them in active volcanoes in, I mean, not the United States, the Earth. I was going to say. Put them in active volcanoes on Earth and detonated nuclear weapons. And now they're ghosts uh, uh, called Thetans infiltrate our body and that's where all like negative thoughts and stuff like that come from can you imagine if that was your life (laughs) that i believed that (laughs) wow that's john travolta for you uh john travolta had expected to keep his string running by going directly from a civil action to shipping news another well-regarded literary adaptation in which he was to co-star with his wife kelly preston But the director, Fred Shalepsi, and the studio had a different vision, he says. So that film has been postponed until next year. For Travolta, though, that's not a setback, but an opportunity. Quote, he now has time to get his long-planned adaptation of one of his favorite novels, L. Ron Hubbard's Battlefield Earth, off the ground. And then, this is a quote from Travolta. Hey, Mr. Gata, have you read it? (laughs) Oh, you must. Says Travolta, even if you don't like sci-fi, you'll love it. That's kind of Christopher Walken. Yeah, I was going to say, I did sound like Christopher Walken. It's one of the greatest books ever written. <laughs> I'm Chris Walken talking for Mr. Travolta. <laughs> yeah, but John Travolta does not have that much of a like weird voice, really. So wicked, so fun. It's so reminiscent of the criminals and the decent people on this planet that you can't help but see it as a parallel for our own society. Uh, Hubbard, of course, is the late founder of Scientology, the religion discipline described subscribed to by Travolta, his wife, and numerous other powerful people in Hollywood, including Thomas Cruise. Really? Yeah. You know what's interesting about that is Tom Cruise and Kelly Preston were in Jerry Maguire together. That's true. And is they, that how they got him? No, he's been he's been in it for a while. Um. Apparently. Uh, uh, what got him was when he was <laughs> when he was dating. Um, I cannot remember her name, but she was a decent amount older than her. And, and, it's not, I was going to say Angie Dickinson, but it's not Angie Dickinson. But somebody, and she, mm-hmm. he was dating someone that was in it, I guess. And and he was recruited by the. I don't. I don't want to speculate. Oh, because I don't want to get sued by Scientology. Um. Travolta says that his enthusiasm for making a film of Hubbard's allegorical adventure is completely separate from his thorough commitment to Scientology, but that he is happy to be seen as an example of the difference this technology and philosophy can make in one's life. You know, every new religion in history has been looked on with suspicion and fear at first, says Travolta, referring to charges that Scientology is a cult (laughs) that engages in brainwashing. Christianity had a few problems in its first 50 years, too. You might remember. No one does. We weren't around. Right. You know, at the end of the day, you look back and ask yourself, did I believe in everything I did today? Did I make my decisions for the right reasons? If I can answer those questions honestly, you deserve a good night's sleep, don't you? Okay, I guess. I mean, like, it's it's a little different, I guess. I mean, I know some people look at Christianity and they're like, oh, that's ridiculous. A virgin bride and a virgin mother and, and all that stuff. But... Like, I don't know. It's a little different when a science fiction author writes a religion that reads like a science fiction book. And like, 
They know his name. <laughs> Zenu. Like, how? How because does the he know? Thetans told them. How does he know his name? I guess that's true. <coughs> Zenu did this to us. <laughs> uh, anyway, good luck with your probably not a cult, I guess, Mr. Travolta. Uh, anyway, but that, that movie's sure to be good, right? Um, sure. So due this year, uh, the mod squad, Beowulf and yikes, Carrie too. Stephen King's long awaited sequel to Carrie, which he didn't write. Are you serious? There's a Carrie too. Yeah. What the fuck? They're making a Carrie too. Why are they? Why? Why mess with it? Carrie too. more bloodening. Didn't know. Stephen King have to give an approval for that? I would assume so, yeah. Shame just, on him. <laughs> He's taking the approach that uh, that John Carpenter takes whenever somebody makes remakes one of his movies. Where he's like, um, anytime somebody uh, decides to remake one of my movies or whatever, I just uh, I just put my, my hand out and the check appears. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Barrymore plays a would-be reporter who goes undercover as a high school student in Never Been Kissed which is coming out in March, hmm. only to s- discover that she's just as unpopular as ever. <laughs> that would suck. And Robert De Niro is a mobster who turns to analyst Billy Crystal for help in controlling his aggressiveness in Analyze This, also coming in March. Returning to the land of actually imaginable being... Uh, wait, what? Returning to the land of the actual a- actually imaginable... Brings us to the other sister, okay, in which a retarded Juliette Lewis tries to strike out on her own, much to the distress of her mother, Diane Keaton. The two-hour woman, also rooted in the conceivable. Are, are we saying that never been kissed? Are we saying that this uh, Drew Barrymore going undercover as a high school student and Robert De Niro being a mobster who needs therapy are not believable concepts? Is that what we're saying? I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know what they're saying. Anyway, uh, Karen Duffy, Patty Lapone, Rosie Perez, and Marianne Jean Baptiste, coping with the stress of career pressure, family issues, and sex while maintaining femininity and sanity. Uh let's flu season kicks into gear with the release of Virus. <laughs> nice. Uh there's Supernova killing Mrs. Tingle. What the fuck? Scream King Kevin Williamson gets to move the camera as well as the pen for Killing Mrs. Tingle, February 26th, in which a disagreeable high school teacher, Helen Mirren, discovers what happened to people who used their authority unfairly. Okay. Uh, something called The 13th Floor, a, a adaptation of Beowulf. Uh, the King and I. Interesting. Uh, the Inheritors. Any of these sound good to you? Um, well, the Never Been Kissed sounds kind of good because I like Drew Barrymore. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll probably see that, I guess. Um, there's, I guess this probably should have been, uh, should have been off air. Uh, this should be, <laughs> we're, we're really just doing episode planning. Here right. right Sitting in on our planning session here. Guys. Uh, who doesn't feel just a little tug toward the mod squad? I don't know, people who aren't 50? <laughs> An update of the late 60s television show about cool kids catching criminals. Claire Danes, Giovanni Ribisi of Saving Private Ryan, and Omar Epps are the undercover cops 
until we get nine full of luscious digital icon Laura Croft. Later in the year, in the movie version of the computer game Tomb Raider, we'll just have to make do with Wing Commander. I like Wing Commander as a game. Chris Roberts is Wing Commander. See, Mod Squad, well, it doesn't appeal to me because of Mod Squad. The cast sounds good. Claire Danes. You love you I love, love Claire, Claire Danes. Danes. Uh, I almost said Clarissa explains it all, but it was uh, my so-called life. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tomb Raider. Who are they going to get to play Tomb Raider? To play Laura Croft? I hate it when they make video games in the movies. It's just stupid. Yeah, I know. I agree. Although, like I said, Wing, Wing Commander will probably be terrible. Uh-huh. But I do like those games. Uh, then we have Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. This fucking dude is done in, in Hollywood. He's had, because he's had a string of terrible movies. The last movie we reviewed of his was that uh, my my girlfriend's in an orchard and it's on fire or whatever. I liked that movie. It sucked. I mean, it did I mean, not. The movie was okay, but he sucked. A Walk in the Clouds. He's a bad actor. He's not he a is, bad actor. He is a bad actor. And I mean, he's, people are like... I, I think I saw a pre, uh, a preview for this movie that, that he's in coming up, which looks awful to me. Keanu Reeves hasn't given up on cyberspace, despite the crash of Johnny Mnemonic. He's logged back on with The Matrix, April 26th, whatever that is. What? I just don't know why you're all out for Keanu Reeves. How do you pronounce that? Matrix? Matrix? The Matrix. Yeah, ma- Matrix. That okay. makes more sense. Anyway. Because uh, it's an A and not an E. Which has him <laughs> which has him convinced he's wired into a digital Matrix. Okay. Great. Sounds awesome. Um, we'll see. Yeah, okay. Um, then there's some 20 other films are due to come oh, out. Oh, wow. Between now and May. But they have yet to be dated for release. One of them is Carrie 2. So email the governor now. There may still be hope for a reprieve. (laughs) Oh, my God. uh, That is hilarious. Uh, But anyway, so those are some of the movies coming up. Um, I think we should see The Matrix just out of of, uh, comedy so we can make fun of it. Yeah, sure. Those are the best movies to see. Oh, my God. But I bet it'll be good. You know what movie I'm not going to make fun of, though, Carol? Uh, the Faculty? Yes, the movie we saw this week. The Faculty. I'm so proud I remember the name of the movie we saw. Cause for, like, the first five or ten minutes sitting here, I couldn't remember what movie we saw. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, well, you may remember when we saw it the first time, when it was called Disturbing Behavior. <laughs> it's not... It's similar-ish it to Disturbing Behavior, I guess, but it's it's different. Um, it, disturbing Behavior was more like... They're both sort of like pod people movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's their similarities. Uh, the Disturbing Behavior is fucking not a good movie. <laughs> and although there's, there's, there's two Dawson Creek connections here. Yeah. So, Catherine Holmes was in uh, disturbing disturbing behavior. behavior, and she was excellent. She was the only good thing in the movie. Correct. And then this movie is written by Kevin Williamson, huh? Uh, the creator of Dawson's Creek and Scream and and all that. So, like I was thinking, we were watching this movie, and I was thinking, I, 
I thought I thought of a couple different movies. I thought of Disturbing Behavior because uh, of the high school setting, the pod people kind of thing. Um, and I thought of The Thing, John, mm-hmm. the aforementioned John Carpenter's The Thing, uh, which I think it has a lot more parallels with The Thing than it does with Disturbing Behavior. But um, I was watching this, this movie and I was like, why is this movie better? And then the credits, I didn't really do a ton of research before watching. And then the credits came on and it was like directed by Robert Rodriguez, written by Kevin Williamson. <laughs> so directed by the guy that did Desperado, which we liked. Mm-hmm. Um, well, kind of liked. I mean, it was weird, but it was stylish and cool. It was good. Um, and he did that, uh, the, um, the weird vampire one, Dust Till Dawn. So he did those two movies and uh, I guess El Mariachi too. And then it was written by Kevin Williamson. So it's like a good screenwriter, a good writer, wrote a good script, and a good director who who has a good sense of visual directing combined in a movie, and surprise, surprise, the movie was good. It was pretty good. Oh, you didn't like it that much. No, I liked it, but I wouldn't. I, it's not like one of my favorite movies. You know, I'm not like super excited about it or anything. I don't know if I would say it's one of my favorite movies of like of all time, <laughs> but I thought it was good. Um, it's it's a movie that came out at the end of last year, so <clears throat> we're doing our catch up. Uh, this you know, doing it uh, at the beginning of this year, but I thought it was I thought it was very like the story made sense. Yeah, uh, I think everything about it, you know, it was a compelling plot that just kept moving forward and visually i thought it was i thought it was good i liked um i liked their i mean a lot of it obviously like cinematography wise a lot of it takes place outside or in a school it's all very high key like uh flat lighting um almost like an episode of Dawson's Creek but obviously not that there's more dynamism to that right. to, to the shots than that it's not like flat like sitcom style uh, and, you know, the, the lenses they're using and everything different, you know, gives the different depth of field. But um, uh, but it's, you know, they the the moments where they decide to go dark with the lighting, I think, uh, are, are a big highlights. Why are you looking at me like I'm fucking crazy? I'm not looking at you like you're crazy. What the fuck? Your eyes are bugging out at me while I'm talking. What the fuck? I'm tired and I'm trying to... I'm gonna look like I'm gonna look at you like this while you're talking. And see I'm gonna how you, try to you react to it. I'm trying to stay like engaged and stuff, and be like uh, actively listening with my face. Wow! <laughs> Get a better active listening face. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Your active listening face is I'm dying of asphyxiation. <laughs> Holy shit! You're so mean. Um. Anyway, so the. You know, I thought the script was very good. The direction was very good. There's there's some interesting camera moves where they'll like I think you've been kind of reacted to one in the theater where they they sort of like kind of quick like zoom yes. like rack in and everything. I think that's just part of Robert Rodriguez's visual style. Um and uh I thought the acting was good. There's uh I suppose the two stars of this would be well there's uh Jordana Brewster um, Josh Hartnett, who was in uh, Halloween, add some water, <laughs> Halloween H two O, and um, uh, Elijah Wood. I think he was in. Um, he's a 
kid actor. Yeah. I guess now he's a teen actor. <laughs> but um, he was in uh, The Good Son. Yes, with Macaulay Culkin. With Macaulay Culkin. Well, I guess decided to just fuck off. Apparently, yeah, he's he, not uh, been around. He made his money, and then he was like, "I'm, I'm out." He did like five <laughs> movies, made billions of dollars, and he's like, "I'm done." Peace out, good for him. <laughs> I think he moved to Paris or something like that. Wow. Um, but anyway, so good acting. Uh, I, there were other people in it too. Obviously, I don't know all the names of the young actors in it, but a lot of good young actors were in it. Yeah, and you know, I thought the acting was really good. I mean, and like, what, what do you the think? teachers um you know you're just totally missing the teachers like uh oh robert patrick from uh terminator 2 and um femka jensen the hot latina actress uh oh uh, selma hayek yeah yeah selma hayek was in it for a minute she was yeah i mean in the beginning yeah she didn't get sexy though that's one thing is that all the uh all the you know she was mostly just dressed in like like a tight like no cleavage just very yeah. like buttoned up uh because she's the school nurse i guess well yeah you don't want the school nurse wearing a sexy nurse outfit but the thing is is that everybody that got turned into an alien all the teachers well pretty much all the teachers that got turned into an alien became like a sexier version of themselves that's true so why didn't she become a sexier version of himself? Well, because we never saw her again. Even John Stewart became a sexy version of himself. What? <laughs> he was the science teacher that uh, got a pen stuck in his eye. That early in the movie was like, oh my God, just stick a pen in my eye. And they did and killed him. Did they all get sexy? Because I feel like it was just the two female teachers. I, think I didn't just, think the I dudes think just got the sexy. I think it was just B.B. Newworth and, uh, and uh, it was just Lilith Crane and... Femke Jensen. But so, I have a question. Okay. Real quick. And then you can say whatever you want to say. Or answer my question first, though. Uh, did Kevin? Does Kevin Williamson just want to fuck one of his teachers? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, when I realized Kevin Williamson wrote this, I was like, there's a big storyline in Dawson's Creek, for those of you that don't watch or listen to our Dawson's Creek tape. Listen to our Dawson's Creek tape. Um, there's a big storyline where uh, Joshua Jackson has an affair and fucks his teacher. And now Femke Jensen, sexy teacher is like making eyes at, uh, Josh Hartnett's character at the end of the movie. When everything's back to normal again and stuff like that, he's on the football team for some reason, which is stupid. And she's fucking the only one in the stands at the practice, like blowing him kisses and shit. This is my problem with the movie was the ending because it makes no fucking sense uh-huh. that this teacher all of a sudden is like in love with the student who prior to this, I mean, they had some kind of weird power dynamic issue banter. Yeah. They were at banter back and forth. I don't know that that was banter. I mean, she seemed like she was just scared of him. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and it was weird because she's the teacher. She's like, I'm supposed to be the authority figure here. Well, she's mm-hmm. like looking at her shoes. That was not banter. Like they have some kind of sexual chemistry. Yeah. Okay. That's true. And, I mean, he was trying to make her uncomfortable. Uh-huh. But then, like, all of a sudden, like, once she's the alien, like, she's all, like, hot and, like, flirty or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that stays afterwards. I guess, yeah. And he's a drug dealer. Right. Who is repeating his senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And after he's, you know, gone through the also alien thing. Also known as a catch. Right. <laughs> uh, he gets on the football team. Yeah. Why, why would that ever happen? I don't know. Why did they do that? That makes no sense. 
I, I agree. I, I think that that ending doesn't make sense. But I honestly think it's Kevin Williams' fantasy. I mean, answer the question. Like, does Kevin Williams must have wanted to fuck his teacher, right? Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Like, I didn't like, make any of these connections, but you're absolutely right. That's a weird That's a weird thing to bring up in more than one of your yeah. properties. Yeah. Yeah, we need to find his old yearbooks. Oh, my God. Yeah, I want to see which teacher he wanted to have sex right? with. Right? <laughs> Here's another thing that 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 bothers me a little bit. If we're if we're we're picking holes at the movie, I guess. Um, I get the I get the um the thought process that there's a queen like it's what's it's what's infecting them is a parasite mm-hmm. essentially. They say as much, yeah. Which all stems from one source. It's like. I, I I assume it's like a hive mind kind of thing. Sure. Like uh, each person that's taken over is just an extension of the first person. Like they're tendrils of this, this entity, right? And she comes from a, a, like some water planet or whatever that started to dry up. And so she went to Earth because I guess it's made a lot of water, which makes sense. And instead of, like, just swimming in the ocean and being a thing there and, like, taking over the fish, he's like, I'm going to take over all these human beings. Um, And, you know, because their bodies are made of water and whatever. And it's like, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, really. Um, But, so the idea is, if you kill her, that all the people that are infected don't have to die. Because, I mean, they go pretty far. Like, the entire town's infected real fast. So they they like either all those people die and it's not really that happy of an ending, or they do this. But they're like, okay, so if you kill her, then all the rest of like the parasites, because essentially they're just extensions of her, like I said, will also die, and then everybody is freed, right? Right. So I guess that makes sense in a science fiction kind of way. But Femkin Jensen, going back to her, the uh, the teacher. Uh-huh. was in a horrific car accident with Josh Hartnett and her head fell off <laughs> and then it crawled back and like, cause it was like fish entity or whatever and then grafted itself back on. That that's true. just, that's just curable. <laughs> that is, that is a very good point. Like she, after not having the power of that like thing, holding her together, she should have died. Yeah. Maybe see my, my thought is maybe they're still infected. Well, that's a possibility, and that's that might be why she's she still wants to have sex with him, and that might be why he's on the football team now. Mm-hmm. It makes the ending make more sense, except for the fact that uh, Elijah Wood is like making out with Jordi, Jordana Brewster and saying like I'm writing stories and like we defeated the aliens. Yeah. Okay. I see what that that doesn't fit with the other theory, but that's another thing that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, why did they get together? There was not a lot of sexual tension there either. No. Like, none I mean, of this was, like, those a build-up. Those two don't have a, a lot of chemistry no, on screen. they do not. There was one scene of banter between the two of them where he's like, you're sexy when you're not being a bitch or whatever. He says, or, like, you could be real nice when yeah. you're not being a bitch yeah. or something like that. Not even you know, sexy, you know, just nice. You know how you, know how, uh, you uh, charm women, right? <laughs> By saying that when they're not being a bitch, they're nice. Right. But anyway, so... Yeah, there was one scene of that, and that's it. And then at the end, they're making up. Yeah, it's I. I just don't like the way they wrapped this up. And 
it it was kind of like the movie The Thing, where yes, they're trying to figure out who was infected, mm-hmm. and they had made up this drug to like, yeah, it, it's just kind of convenient and bizarre that the drug dealer made a drug out of diuretics and caffeine, caffeine pills. Stuff that dehydrates you, essentially. But, like, he puts them in a empty pen case and sells them and people snort them? Yeah, snort them out of the pen case. So you're, like, making homemade pixie sticks of drugs. Like, if that was a thing, why don't they do that with cocaine? Um, right. It just seems kind of dumb. And, like, why the diuretic? What, I, I don't know. I, get, I guess snorting caffeine would probably... Do something. Yeah. But the diuretic? What, what the fuck? And then, like, the girl says she's allergic to it. Mm. And everybody is just like, oh, whatever, just do it. And then they think she did it and has no reaction. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, that got my spidey sense going right, right. there. Because I was like, her whole reason for not wanting to do it is she was allergic to it. I, I thought she was fucking allergic to it. Like, why is she not reacting to it? And I was like, there's something not right here. But, um, yeah, because that, that scene that you're talking about it is a direct parallel to a scene in The Thing where they're, they they realize that, like, The Thing um, can't bleed or, or something like that. I it's Something with the blood. But they all cut them. They all make a tiny cut on their finger, right? And when the last person makes a tiny cut, like, the, the entity, like, jumps out or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Um, or if it thinks that that's what it is, if it thinks it's in danger, that it's going to, uh, it reacts to that, right? And um, so it's, th- this scene is a direct parallel of that, basically, where it's like, hey, you know, these aliens die when they sniff it, so we're all going to sniff this drug. And they all start doing it one by one. And Jordana Brewster and the blonde lady... Uh, who I can't. She was good in the movie, but I I don't know her name. Yeah, she was good. Um, they're the last two to do it, and they're like staring, like having a staring contest at each other. First of all, I don't know why they assumed that one of them was. I get thinking like maybe one of us is, but I don't know why they assumed it because it like the whole scene builds up to like it's got to be one of them, and it's like, but it could be neither of them. Well, I don't. I mean, like I think it was just because they didn't because they waited so long. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so Jordana Brewster does have a thing inside of her, and um, she's more than a thing. Yeah, but uh, she starts attacking and everything, and uh, she ends up running away or whatever. They conveniently don't kill her because then she wouldn't come back. Um, like I assume John Stewart's just dead because they stabbed him in the eye, and probably yeah. BB Newworth's dead too because they shot her in the head. Yeah, yeah. Like, why would they do that? I thought about that too. Like that's fucked. Like you're trying to just find the queen and 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 kill the queen. I mm-hmm. guess they thought she was the queen. Yeah, though. and they thought that her body was useless or whatever. Uh. But anyway, um, <laughs> so just like Fraser did. So um, it turns out later because we get a flashback when we find out the blonde lady's the queen that she has this ability to like uh, close off her nostrils, mm-hmm. and then she used her little like I don't know fish finger to open up the bottom and have it all spill out. Um, can they all do that? Like, why didn't Jordana Brewster do that? And if, the, like, if the, she can only do that because she's the queen, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Um, But, yeah. Or maybe she just, just like, to throw suspicion off herself, she did that. Yeah. She had Jordana Brewster fail. 
Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Because she was uh, part of her, right? Yeah. Huh, I hadn't thought of that. But anyway. So, you know, that's um, that's the, how the vampires usually work, too, you know. Kill the head vampire and the rest of the vampires. Oh, okay. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of movies, a lot of the lore. So it kept reminding me of that, too. Interesting. Yeah, it is sort of a vampiric type thing, too, because it's the same sort of thing where one's infecting a bunch. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, I have, it's not a perfect movie. It's far from a perfect movie. Like we, we just listed a bunch of problems we have with it. Um, it was enjoyable to watch for sure. Yeah. Tone. I like, I thought the tone was right throughout the whole thing. Mm. Like the tone was good. Um, the acting was good. And I thought, like I said, the plot kind of, it's one of those refrigerator moments where it's like, while you're in the theater, you're so caught up in it and everything seems cool. And then. It's only in hindsight afterwards where we're, you know, we're dissecting. It was like, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. But, um, yeah, I mean, it had, it had a strong narrative thrust throughout the entire thing. And the movie just really just kept moving along. Uh, and I, I I thought it was a nice little, like, kind of thrill ride thing. This was everything Disturbing Behavior could have been and wasn't. Yeah, yeah. definitely a better movie than Disturbing Behavior. Sad they came out in the same year. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this one is, is for sure better. Uh, I think the movie's doing decently well. Kevin Williamson is, you know, he's fucking doing everything. Yeah, he's he's awesome. And apparently he's doing uh, Teaching Killing Mrs. Tingle or whatever the fuck it was called. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I just read about it. Well, then we'll have to watch that. I guess. It'll probably be good then. Uh, but anyway, that is the episode for the week, Carol. Tell people uh, where they can go to see Mrs. Tingle. <laughs> So you can write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Yes. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Mm-hmm. And share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.